Good morning, everyone. Wonderful to be with you this morning, and wonderful to continue with Gifted. We as a church have been going through a six-week course. We are now in week five. I hope you, like me, have been enthused, have been built up, have been encouraged, have been challenged, have been thinking continually about what your gifting is and how you can outwork it and use it within the kingdom. I have a great privilege today to speak about giving. And everyone turns off, walks out the building and says, all done, thank you, we don't want to hear about this one. I understand that. And can I, be, can I, can I have a confession? If there was one gifting that I did not want to preach on, not one gifting that I didn't want to get the opportunity to stand up here is gifting. Why? Because it has so much opportunity to offend. It has so much opportunity to make people turn off. And it has so much opportunity to make people think, the church just wants my money. The, the gift of giving is not about that. And we'll explore that a little bit today as we go through, um, through some scriptures together. And as we go through this week, I challenge you to open your heart to what God would say to you who are gifted in the gift of giving. Remember, we talk about ratios. We talk about having the ratio of giftings. And we look through all these giftings and we say we've got the ratio of these giftings. A lot of people at our leaders meeting the other day, and I, we can be honest, open and honest because this is who we are, when we asked whose gifting is, whose giving gifting is right on the top of, of your profile when you've done it, Guess how many people lifted up their hand? None. And so it's quite an interesting one. It's the one that we have to work on our heart to get right, our understanding. And it's not saying that it's something that we as a church are poor in. I will give you many examples of, as a church, how we have been gifting for a long time. And we have been gifted people, have been giving to people, not gifted people. We've been giving to people. Give a gift to give giving, giving. It's going to be a long day. Yeah. So, yeah, it is my privilege, like I said, to talk about the, the line, if it is to give, give generously. generously. <laughs> I'm going to need a translator. Shelby, are you going to come translate for me up here? Yeah? We spoke about talking English. Yeah. So let's look at our key scripture. Let's start there. Hopefully this will be a little bit easier than uh, anything else. So it says, For just as each of us has one body... With many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And I read that a little bit slowly, not because my tongue is tired this morning. But I just want us to hear that. That as a community, we have these gifts. We have these gifts as a community. So it might not be my 100% strong point, but within the community it is someone else's 100% strong point, and they can, one, help me with it, they can encourage me with it, and two, they can show me and be an example as to operating in that specific gift. I can help people operate in the gift of, I'm just putting it out there, leadership. Other people can help me operate better in the gift of giving. And so as a community, as one body, We've got the ability to lift up and to encourage people to operate. Well done. Yeah, might need a bottle. 
So let's just remember that, that as a community, we have these gifts in ratios too. And we are able to help and support each other with these giftings as we go along and as we do life together. Then it goes on. It says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. <laughs> generously. Generously? Generously? Maybe I have a sip of that water and it might come out. I'll have a generous sip of water. So this topic, like I said earlier, can be emotional. And I just want to do a quick example of how emotional it can be. Okay, so I'm going to ask for five random people to come up to the front. And I'm just going to... Five random people to come up. Up to the front. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, I'll, I'll... I'll start, I'll start pointing. I'll start pointing soon. So we've got two. We've got three more. Once these come out, everyone will start flying up. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully the ladies have got the gift of giving. So this is, this is how emotional the gift of giving can be. So I'm going to give these ladies each a chocolate. So for coming up, they get a chocolate. But the trick and the emotional element of giving is that I'm not giving these ladies a chocolate. I'm giving them the opportunity to give the chocolate to someone else. And that's how emotional this, this, uh, this act of giving is, is that as we receive, we have all of a sudden have possession of something. We own something. It is ours. But then Jesus says to us, do what I would do. Give what I've given you to someone else. And why is it very emotional? Because when we talk about it, it's saying, give, taking something that I have possession of and giving it or passing it on to someone else so that they can have it. Which means I no longer have it. Which also means, if you put it into the context of world, what is the first thing we think about when we think about giving? Money. And the expectation of giving money. And that's when it becomes even more emotional is because I need that money. I need that money. So can I be as so bold to say that money is part of our giving? Money is something that we're called to give. Something that we're supposed to give generalist. Gen <laughs> can I just have, have someone up here? Can I have someone up here who, when every time I need to say that word, can stand next to me? Generously. So yes, I'm glad there's a little bit of laughter in the building because when we talk about money, it normally goes. But cool. And I'm not making light of it. So um, we are called to give money. Yes, we are called to give money to the church. Not only to the church, but we are called to give money to the church so that the church can operate in its gift of giving. So the church has been given a gift of giving, but it needs to have in order to be able to give. And this is where we as a community play a part in that. And so that's just my challenge is that, yes, we talk about money. Yes, we talk about other things as well, and we'll get into that a little bit later. 
but we do talk about money when we talk about the gift of giving. I don't know about you, but when you watch superhero movies, there's always that one line that sticks out that you like, kind of remember that movie for. And it says, the, the superhero said this big statement, and it's the statement of the year. My one is, with great power comes... I didn't even need to put it up there. Everyone knows it. With great power comes great responsibility. And yes, it's a line from a movie. Yes, it's a line from Spider-Man that, um, that is just said in a movie. But if you have a listen to what that actually means, is that we have been given these giftings. We have been giving the, given this great power. We have been given the ability to give. So we need to be responsible with it. We need to be good stewards of that which has been put in our hands so that the church can be blessed and the people of our community can be blessed. So what does giving generously mean? I need to hear it first. Maybe hear it first makes it easier. What does it mean? So I looked at a couple of definitions of what giving generously means. Yay. <laughs> why, 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 why? Um, it's going to become my word. Everyone's going to ask me to say generous from now on. And giving generously means the following. To present voluntarily and without expecting compensation in a way that shows a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. So can I say that again? Because there's a lot of big words in there and you'll probably want to hear me stumble over some of them. It says, to present voluntarily and without expecting compensation in a way that shows a readiness to give more of something than is necessary or expected. Giving generously is a heart thing. It's not a rich thing if I can be, again, as bold to say that. It's not a rich thing. It's a hard thing. It's something that we look at as an attitude towards other people and towards what God has given us and put in our place. I also want to just remind us that we've been given these gifts in these ratios to operate in. And what is our responsibility and what has been our responsibility over the last six weeks has been to investigate and understand that ratio which it operates in my heart and in my life so that I can, one, grow that which is strong and grow that which is weak so that I can be more of a blessing to people around us. And I said we've been a blessing to people, and I want to make sure that we are aware that we as a church are also operating in this giving gifting. And not just I say the church, I say me and the eldership team, but as a church, we are operating. For the last two years, we have sown very generously. I didn't have to point into the crowd. We have... <laughs> pride, pride comes before a fall. Um, good, good lesson there. We've sowed very generously into people's lives. And not because we've had the finances to give, but because people have contributed to alms. We, t we started at the beginning of COVID. We felt that there was a, a requirement because we were seeing a need. And based on that, we said contribute directly into an arms environment so that we can bless people. We've been able to bless people. We've been able to sustain people. We've been able to encourage people through our giving. And it's not our giving. It's 
our giving. And that has been such a wonderful thing to see. We saw Wawi, I mean Wawa and Zandile standing up here last week receiving gifts from us that we as a church had given them. Not we as an eldership. We as a church had given them so that they can continue to operate as they need to from this morning so that they can impact the kingdom and they can open doors. And so this is the real, re- realization of giving. Giving isn't just a one-person-to-one-person thing. There is an opportunity for giving to be a community thing. But it also has to come from the right heart, and it has to come with the right attitude. I read a, a blog recently by a guy called Philip Robson, and he said this, Some serve out of a drivenness or performance. Driven people are often trying to prove something to themselves or others. They are thinking to themselves, look at me, people. Do you see what I am doing? Their sense of affirmation comes from their accomplishments, not from their identity as children of God. And the same can be said for giving. Some people give out of a drivenness or performance-minded orientation. Having a say, look at me. We see it in Matthew 6, verse 2 to 4. It says, So when you give to the needy, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. Truly I tell you that they already have their full reward. But when you give to the needy, Do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This element of not doing it so that people can recognize what I've done or seeing what I've done. And a lot of what we've done through the arms has been people giving anonymous amounts of money into a bank account so that we can give anonymous amounts of money to people in need and who are requiring it. So it's not to stand here and to sing our praises. It's just to make sure that we are, are, are recognizing that the heart of Grace Cove, the, the heart of the people of Grace Cove, is to see people uplifted and given things that they need. So how do we, how do we grow in this gift? This is part of what we're doing the series for, the campaign for. How do we grow in this gift of, of giving? I want to look at two elements today, very quickly, very briefly. I want to look at how do we change our heart with regards to giving. And the other one is, how can we practically, how, how can we look at it from a practical perspective rather than just a, a, this is the gift, so now I must do it. How do we look at it from a practical perspective in the world that we operate? So let's look at, if you've got your Bibles with you, just turn with me to Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40. We will we look at the heart change. I'll give you some time to turn there if you've got your Bibles with you. So it says, yeah, Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. 
And the second is like, the, like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. I want to say all our giftings also hang on these two commands. All our ability to, to act out and to, to operate in our giftings hang on these two commands. So the first change that we need to make, or the first realization or revelation we need to make giving an easier thing and not such an emotional thing, is that Christ is enough. It says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. Christ is enough. I could go on. I think Umzu did an amazing job this morning just expanding on this victories that we have in Christ, the overcoming we have in Christ, who Christ is. I could go on about how good he is, how he saved us, how he loves us, how he's uh, provided for us, how he's there for us, how he's ever-present. I can do that. But I think this is something that we need to internalize. You need to internalize and say, is Christ enough for me? Has he broken the barriers for me? Has he? And then as we come to a realization of what he's done, the salvation that he's brought us into, an amazing word, come to the, the, dining, room ta- the dining room table, come to the feast. As I come to that feast, I realize that he is my provider, that he is enough. So it opens up the doors for me to be able to give. Changes my heart towards people. The second thing is a revelation that people are enough. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. John 3.16 is one of the biggest verses with regards to giving that we have. It says, For Christ so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his only son so that we may come into salvation, that we may know. And he gave his only son for who? For everyone. Not only for, for me, but for everyone. He gave his life so that we may know him and that we may come into a relationship with him. Brandon Heath sings the following song, and for those who know me, there will always be a song in the preach. And it says, Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so that I can see. Everything that I keep missing, give me, give your love, give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that that are far beyond my reach. Give me the heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so that I can see. When we see people, and we see people for who Jesus and God sees people, we have a different perspective on giving. We have a different perspective on what is ours and what is open to operate in the gift of giving. So that's the second thing. And the third point here is, what is the impact of giving? The impact of giving is an open door for Jesus to operate. So when you give the chocolates, when you gave the chocolates to someone else, you created a a link to that person for today. So I hope you're not going to go back and say, well, please give me my chocolate back. It's mine. I hope what you're going to say is, I hope you enjoy that chocolate. I hope that it blesses you, and I hope it, uh, I was going to say, I hope it puts on pounds on your hips or stomach, but that's not the right attitude, no. Not the right attitude. Um, but the reality is, is that when you give, that person then has an opportunity to, one, to hold on to that chocolate for themselves um, and to see that God is either one feeding them, blessing them, bringing a blessing into their lives, 
or two, they've got an opportunity to bless others with what they've received. And so there is this element of coming in and out. I want to read something which will shift us away from just money. So we've spoken about money as something that we give, but I want to do something now that shifts us away from money quickly and for the rest of the meeting. It says in Acts 3, and, and this is the end of this point, so it talks about the importance of people, but it's also the first point in my, in my next set of uh, uh, ten points. No, I mean two points. It says Acts 3, 1 to 12 says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time to pray. At three in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him at the same man who was used to be sit, to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, and I'm going to end it there, so Peter goes on and he preaches there. But that giving of healing, that giving of what they had in their hands at that moment for that person opened up a conversation that they were able to spread the love of Jesus. Our giving can open up doors for Jesus to come in and wo work with a, within, a people's, within people's hearts. Our giving is not isolated. Our giving is something that opens up doors for Jesus to work in people's lives. Are we prepared to be that vessel? Are we prepared to give that what we have so that doors can open in people's lives? And then just to look quickly at some practicals. Still got a little bit of time. Just quickly set some practical. So what did, what did Peter and John do when they first saw the man, when they first heard the man? They said, look at us. And so looking at, by the man looking at them, they looked back at, at the man. So there was an identification with that person. They saw the, the value that Jesus had put in that person when he had gone to the cross. And they had one they identified the need. They saw that the man was asking for one thing, but what he really needed was something completely different. Very often we can see the need on the, on the surface, and this need looks like it's a financial need. But actually there's something bigger that that person needs. That person needs a conversation. That person needs to sit down and for, to be healed. That person needs some different type of input rather than just a financial and off they go. Sometimes that need is a little bit different. And what it is that we are responsible for with the gift of giving, those who have got the gift of giving are responsible for, is to identify the needs that we see around us. And so those needs, um, one of the th amazing things about this, this series 
things that I've just, as we've gone along, I've just seen, oh, but this links to that. That gifting links to that gifting. That lift gifting, oh, wow, look how those two work together. And I definitely see the gift of mercy and the gift of giving working very closely together because a mercy heart has the ability to identify and to see the need of that person rather and look into the need of that person and see what that person is missing. So if you've got the gift of mercy, maybe it's your job to open up the eyes of people with the gift of giving. So what are the other things that we can see, other needs that we can see is practical requirements. I've spoken about Wawa and Zandi. They needed a coffee machine to be able to serve coffee. That's a practical need that can be visibly seen. And then there can be these financial needs that we've spoken about. So the needs can vary. The need can't, is not always the same when you come up into different circumstances and face different people. The need is, is different. So if I'm to grow in the gift of giving and giving generously. See, I can say it when I'm not in the mic, but when I'm in the mic, all of a sudden it sounds different. So identify the needs. Then the second step for me is to identify what I have in my hand. And so I can have money in my hand and I can give generously. I can have time on my hands. I think we all wish we had time on our hands. And I can sow that generously. I can have practical advice. I can have skills. I can have wisdom. I can have knowledge. I can have all these things that I can sow generously. I'm going to dream of the word generously tonight. It's going to be like in big bold letters on the... (laughs) Something that we have, and Kanisa touched on this, is that we have Jesus. And this is something we can give generously. Okay, I'm not going to say it anymore. You know what it is, that we can give G. We can give G. Um, We do have financials, and we do have positions, and we have space. We've seen many times where rooms have been opened for people to stay. Um, This is also something we can give in an abundant way. See what I did there? And then we see examples of how we can give and what we can give in, in the Bible. Jesus came, and he challenged us to be able to give words of wisdom, words of love. But let's just have a look at a couple of quick practical examples. So Peter and John gave healing. (laughs) Got you there. (laughs) Gave healing to the man at the gate, beautiful. What did Stephen give when he was facing stoning? He had forgiveness and he gave his testimony. He gave a testimony of what God had done for the nation of Israel. He stood there and he said, this is what I have to give now, and I'm going to give it. I'm going to give my testimony of this great and glorious God. Do we ever think that we've got that to give? That is something that is practically in our hands. The disciples, they had time, and they gave that in abundance to people around them. The rich man in Matthew 19 verse 16 was challenged to give. And he went away sad because he was not prepared to give everything he had. So we do. There are people who have possessions that God is saying, give me those possessions. Give me that money. Give me that into my, and sow it into my kingdom. I'm not shying away from it. The reality is that the kingdom needs 
finances, it needs possessions, it needs space, it needs time. It needs the ability to say, this is my Jesus, and this is my testimony of what he's done. So one of the surprising things, if I say surprising, it's surprising to me, is that my gift of giving is right at the bottom of that list. And everyone says, Amen. Richard needs to give more. But then I had to look through it a little bit, and I tried to understand what does that actually mean. It actually just means that I need to accept the challenge of these lessons. I need to accept the challenge that God has given me stuff and things that I can use for the kingdom. And for me to take a step back and have a look at, if I'm going to stand up and try and teach everyone else who sits in Grace Cove how to give, Surely I must be the first one who tries to, to improve on this. And I tried a practical example during the week. So I drove, I don't know, we constantly drive past people standing at robots asking for money, asking for food, asking for, this is the world we live in. That's the reality. That's the opportunity around us. How do we deal with it? My heart still hasn't quite settled the final solution to, to this. But I saw these two people standing there. And I was driving in to get some takeaways. So I drove through and I bought two extra burgers, a little girl this size and a mother at a robot. And I passed them the burgers. And I'm not saying this to prove to, to everyone how good I am. That's not the intention at all. I had to practice this. I had to understand the reality of this. The eyes of the little girl as I handed the burgers to the mother, I will never forget. Something so small to us, a 27 rand burger, something so small to us can mean the world to someone else. 10 rand, 5 rand can get the person through the week. What is normal to us can be a blessing to others. What is normal to us can be a blessing to others. Maybe you don't have everything at the moment to be able to give. Maybe your heart is to give. But what stops you from organizing a group of people who have the same heart as you and who have the abilities at this stage? Putting people together to say, we're going to collect blankets for the next two weeks. We're going to collect food for the next two weeks. We're going to collect whatever it might be. We're going to collect something. Maybe your gifting and your heart is to give. And so utilizing the community of Grace Cove, maybe that is your, your way of outworking what, what giving is. So my challenge to myself, my challenge to everyone on the gift of giving is to take a look down. We had five people with five chocolates. What they had in their hand for that moment to be able to give was five chocolates. Have a look at what's in your hand. Consider what's in your hand and utilize what is in your hand to give to those around you, whether it be knowledge, whether it be wisdom, whether it be finances, whether it be food, whether it be whatever it is in your hand. I'm not asking you to look at what, is, what other people have in their hand and what they are giving. I'm asking you to have a look at what's in your hand and what you are giving, able to give. Not a, not, a, not a heavy to say that you have to give what the guy next to you is giving. The other guy next to you is in different circumstances. In his hand is something completely different. What is in your hand and what are you being called to give?